0: This talk was given by Ron Hogan Green Sensei at the Zen Center of New York City. Hogan Sensei is a lay teacher in the Mountains and Rivers Order and co-director of ZCNYC. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or to find out more about our retreats and residency programs, visit us online at ZMM.org. Thanks for listening.
1: And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to this Jikai ceremony, a receiving of the precepts ceremony. Uh, usually on Sunday mornings there's a Dharma talk, but in place of the Dharma talk we have this ceremony. Welcome to friends and loved ones of Donna, and to the Sangha for your presence, for your support. This is the first jikai here at the temple for quite a few years, um, and uh, Hojin Sensei will be doing uh, jikai again in January with several students, and it's an important—it's an important um, bringing forth of the Dharma uh, for this temple and a a renewal of the depth of the practice, your practice, that supports the temple, supports us, supports all beings. The Buddha's path, as the Buddha brought forth, and all of the subsequent teachers within the Buddha's path, is that morality is an essential part of the Eightfold Path of Liberation. We are intrinsically moral beings, and yet we can experience the world in terms of what is life-giving or life-destroying, what is binding or what is generous and loving and offering our life to life. We can go about living our life in a way that is skillful or unskillful, towards the path of the Buddha, towards her own personal liberation and the liberation of all that we encounter. So from the beginning, there's been a very clear basis of the moral teachings and practicing of these teachings as part of our tradition. They come down to us in the particular forms of precepts that I'll be giving to Dana today, which is the 16 bodhisattva precepts. The ceremony today is a transmission of the moral teachings. We should understand, as a transmission, they are given, not taken. A bodhisattva, a person on the path of enlightenment, who is dedicated and dedicating their life to the well-being of themselves and others, is what a bodhisattva is, literally. How do we do this? This ceremony today is a passage for Donna and a continuation of her practice and the beginning of something new. What are the precepts based in? What do they rest in? They rest in wisdom. Wisdom in Buddhism is understood as the awakening of the Buddha and all the subsequent thousands and thousands of women and men since the time of the Buddha. It's based in selflessness, that the fundamental nature of all beings is without an abiding or permanent self. When I speak of selflessness, it's not just that you and I are not separate beings apart from other beings, but that all things, everything we see and grasp, is empty of their thingness, which we seemingly automatically concretize and make fixed. And that is the cause of so much suffering. the implication of seeing the selflessness for oneself, awakening to our own fundamental nature, is to see and realize the emptiness of all things is exactly the wholeness of all things. And it's alive in the specifics. It comes alive in the specifics of you and me, as individual, people, persons, places. And that applies to sentient beings and insentient beings. So no being, no one, no so-called thing, nothing within us or without us, is apart from the wholeness of our being. The practice of the bodhisattva is based on this realization, and so we practice it. And the realization is that to cause harm to one being is to cause harm to all beings. This is the basis of taking up the Buddhist precepts. As the basis of our life. Now I say these things and it's not difficult to understand the words, but the practice that we do, which includes the taking of the precepts, includes the liturgies that we do, includes the sitting that we do, includes the study that we do, includes all aspects of of the Eightfold Noble Path, is what brings this alive as our own direct experience. And without that, it's just words in our head. It's just thoughts about things. And so in this ceremony today, we are bringing forth something beyond the words, beyond the thoughts about, to the concrete reality of the vow to practice this as our life. We are literally giving life to the Buddha. We'll be going through the precepts in the course of this Drakai ceremony, the vows that each, that that Dana makes to these specific teachings, to these specific practices, vows that give it life, that give it direction within a life. A vow is a living thing Alive as our life. It is a resolution, a commitment that directs our attention to do. In this way, a vow is freeing. The vows direct us, they give us a path to follow, a path that comes from the Buddha's realization our realization as we practice. And we don't have to make a decision or go back and forth in terms of these vows. These are the vows. And how we live these vows in the the specifics of our life determines how our life is. There's a karma from that. And the vows are such that they're not rules. These precepts are not rules. They're a guideline for us to live out of a a way that reflects the wisdom of the unity of all things alive in the specifics of each one of us. Dana has been training for some years, and we ask people in formal training to wait at least a couple of years before discerning out of their own practice whether they wish to make this commitment. Each student brings themselves to these precepts. They request it. Yet this is not a step embedded in hierarchy. It is is instead a public statement of a person's vows to live their life dedicated to the awakening of all beings. Today, in Donna's taking the precepts, we are all participants. We are all included. Please enter here with your whole body and mind, so that we not only support Donna in her receiving of these precepts, but we support our own life and encourage each of us to realize the interconnected nature of our being with all beings. Your presence here today is not casual. It's not circumstantial. Your whole life has brought you here today. And Donna's whole life has brought her here today. So to appreciate, to appreciate this day, this ceremony, and to honor yourself and allowing yourself to be intimate with it. So Donna has just made three bows to the Buddha. and is the altar closed? The altar is closed, and this becomes the altar, with the preceptor myself representing the Buddha. So the three bows to the Buddha recognizes Shakyamuni as our original teacher. The bows now that Donna is making recognizes her genetic lineage, her blood lineage, our life. It's important to recognize that lineage. None of us would be here without our parents. If her parents were not here, or they were deceased, she would bow in the direction of their burial, or where they live. And that acknowledges, this acknowledges the the deep debt and the gratitude that brings us very close to this lineage that all of us have. And then Donna bowed to the precepts teacher, which today is myself. And within these boughs, there's the recognition of our interdependence, our codependence, the influence that we have on each other, the vast web of self-nature and karma in this interconnectivity. To realize this for a bodhisattva is urgent. And it means... We should want to have the best possible impact on others. And so, others are our business to this extent. However skillfully we can do that. In Buddhism, and Zen in particular, there's a phrase of just the right amount. What is just the right amount in each circumstance to help to step forward, to step back with the intent of helping others because underneath that understanding is the knowledge and insight that there are no others. So we will do the invocation. So we will start with the invocation of the three treasures, the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha which is the essence of the path. We evoke the three treasures using body, mouth, and thought to bring forth that which is already within us and to manifest a lineage of the ancestors. We chant the names of the Buddha and Bodhisattvas, the heritage of the enlightened ones who gather with us and as us and are here now, in this jikai ceremony. Buddha is the Buddha Shakyamuni Buddha, and we take refuge in his enlightenment, and in his example, and in his devotion to his practice. Practice implies he was a deluded being like you and I, practicing to realize himself like you and I. Isn't that wonderful? His desire to awaken. His determination that he could find a way, as you can find a way. A path that addresses the suffering that is so evident in this world and so present, and the path that leads to freedom from suffering. And most importantly, that we, you and I, can walk this path. As the most personal statement, I take both great joy and appreciation that within my lifetime I have found this path and been able to walk it and to help myself and help others. And that invitation is extended to all of us. We evoke the Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha, the being of all things, the real nature of all things, reality as it is. We evoke the Sangha, the treasure of Buddhist practitioners, all of us in this hall, both those who practice the Buddha's way and then in the deepest sense, all beings sentient and insentient is the Sangha. So invoking this, I'll do it twice in Japanese, the first time in Japanese, then in, once in English, and then in Japanese again. Everyone, please, Gasha. <laughs> namu Jipo Wutsu, Namu jipo ho, Namu jipo. Ho so, namu Hanchi shi Shakyu Muni-butsu, Namu Daizu Daishi Kyoku Kanzeon-busa, Namu Kaijin Fugen-bosa, Namu Daishin Manjusuri-busa, Nam, Namu Koso Joyodaishi, jo Namu Taiso Joso daishi Namu Rikidi so yo bosa Be one with the Buddha in the Ten Directions. Be one with the Dharma in the Ten Directions. Be one with the Sangha in the Ten Directions. Be one with our original teacher, Shakyamuni Buddha. Be one with the great compassionate Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva. Be one with the great wise Samantabhadra Bodhisattva. Be one with the great holy Manjusri Bodhisattva. Be one with Koso Joyo Daishi. Be one with Taiso Joso Daishi. Be one with the successive great ancestors. <laughs> namu Jipo Butsu, Namu Jipo Ho, Namu Jipo So, Namu Hanshi Shakyumuni Butsu, Namu Daizu Daishi. K- Kukyu Kanzeom Busa, Namu Kaijin Fugin Busa, Namu Daishin Manjusuri Bosa, Namu Koso Joyo Daishi, Namu Taiso Joso Daishi, Namu Riki soshi Sbosa Next, we'll do the Gotha of Atonement. In living an enlightened life, a compassionate life, we have to face that that is not compassionate. We have to face that that comes out of the three poisons, greed, anger, and ignorance. If we don't face that, we will not be able to live our life truly out of truth, which is that we often live out of greed, anger, and ignorance. And yet, we can atone for it. So how do we do this? Particularly with our own harmful actions, past and present. It's important to address any consequences that these actions, of these actions, and to take responsibility to be able to go forward from here. The first aspect of atonement is that of recognition, to actually see clearly that we often engage in behavior that creates suffering for others as well as for ourselves. Our habituated actions, words, and thoughts often go unrecognized which only causes us to become more firmly entrenched in our deluded behavior. How often do we look behind us and see the trail of difficulty and suffering for others that we create through many of our actions? By acknowledging to ourselves and to others that we are subject to this kind of behavior, and by recognizing the harm that it causes, We are bringing forth within our consciousness a sensitivity to the harm that we cause and bringing forth the option of not causing that. And this is very powerful. How often do we go the other way, so to speak? Do we run away from facing within us the harm that we cause to others and to ourselves? So we create a means through which this behavior may be avoided and through which our previous karma can be purified. This is called wisdom. And there's deep implications in calling this wisdom. The second aspect of atonement is that of vow. having recognized that we engage in deluded activity, in words and thoughts we wholeheartedly resolve to modify our behavior. We make vows to govern our behavior and rest in those vows so that we will cause less harm. And we dedicate these vows to all sentient beings so that they all will become liberated from the rounds of birth and death and its attendant suffering. This is called compassion. The Gatha of Atonement recognizes our karma and the actions we take based on intention, in particular the harmful karma that we create. We create karma through our thoughts, through our words, and through our actions. And then we attach to them, we fix them in our minds. The karma of these thoughts. That are harmful is more thoughts that are harmful. The karma of our actions that are harmful is more actions that are harmful. And so on with words. So uh, I'll say a section. And you'll repeat it, and we'll do it three times. All evil karma ever committed by me since of old. All evil
0: karma ever committed by me since of old.
1: On account of my beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance. All Born of my body, mouth, and thought.
0: Born of my body, mouth and thought. Now, I
1: now I atone for it all. Now I atone for it all. All evil karma ever committed by me since of old. On account of my beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance. On
0: account of my beginningless
2: greed, anger, and ignorance.
1: Born of my body, mouth, and thought. Born of my body, mouth, and thought. Now I atone for it all. Two. <laughs> I thought <that> was three. <laughs> All evil karma ever committed by me since of old. All evil, evil karma ever, ever committed by me since of old. On account of my beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance. All of my body, mouth and thought
2: Born of my body, mouth, and thought.
1: Now I atone for it all.
2: Now I atone for it all
1: Full Bow We'll now do what's called shashui, which is a spurging. This is not a purification. Everything is already completely pure. This is a recognition of the mind of the Buddha passing down to this time and to this place from the kaishi, myself, to the precepti. This is done with city water from the mountain. All of our water in this city comes from the mountain, including the mountain of the the main temple, Zen Mountain Monastery. The water we drink with, The water that sustains our life and all life. And in addition to the water, a pine bough is used. Next, we'll take refuge in the three treasures. And this is the beginning of receiving the precepts. Taking refuge is our ongoing practice. Both in the moments such as these, when we take refuge in this particular ancient way, but also by how we live our lives. That's also we take refuge taking refuge in the buddha dharma and sangha the three treasures and the three treasures have three merits and virtues called the one body three treasures which is anuttara samyak sambodhi the full and complete enlightenment of the buddha the realization of the wholeness of all beings alive in the particulars of each of us and in each thing. The realized three treasures. So we take refuge in our realizing, practicing and realizing Anuttara samyak, sambodhi, and the, manif- and the maintained three treasures. To maintain them, to bring them forth in our life through our practice each day in our actions in our words and in our thoughts taking refuge is wholehearted realization on our practice of the three treasures which is not something apart from ourselves it's our most personal realization of our own inherent wisdom and enlightenment everyone please gashom So, as I chant this, I'll chant it first in Japanese and then in English. And in English, you'll respond, echo. And then I'll chant it again in Japanese. NAMU KI e BUTSU NAMU KI e HO NAMU KI e HO NAMU KI e BUTSU MUJO SAN KE BUTSU MUJO SAN KE, ke e HO RINJO SAN e SO WAKO SAN KE bokyo e BUKYO ke e hokyo HO e SO I take refuge in the
2: Buddha.
1: I take refuge in the the Dharma. I take refuge in the
0: the Sangha.
1: I take refuge in the the Buddha, the incomparably honored one. I take refuge in the Dharma, honorable for its purity. I take refuge in the Dharma, honorable
0: for its purity.
1: I take refuge in the Sangha, honorable for its harmony. I
0: take refuge in the Sangha,
1: honorable for its harmony. I have taken refuge in the Buddha. I have taken refuge in the Dharma. I have
2: taken refuge
1: in the Dharma. I have taken refuge in the Sangha. I
0: have taken refuge in the Sangha.
1: Namu ki butsu namu ki ho namu ke so nam ke butsu mujo san ke ho rinjin san ke so. Ogosan san ke bukyo ke hokyo ke sokyo. Next is the three pure precepts. How does an enlightened being experience the world? That's a very good question to ask ourselves when we face a difficulty. How does someone with insight into the wholeness of reality actually do in this circumstance? What do we do? What do I do? And we are that being. We are that being. And we will forget, and then we take another step and come back to our vows. The first of the three precepts is do not create evil, do not create harm. Originally, there is no evil. It has to be created. And we we create it by our inherent anxiety in believing and living out of a sense of separation and apartness. And that anxiety is ever-present from this perspective. There's a lack of intimacy with ourself and with others. And that creates delusion. And this creates evil in the most personal sense. To do evil is to prevent other beings from realizing their true self. All beings sentient and insentient. Dogen said, do not create evil, do not create harm. This is the abiding place of all Buddhas. It is the very source of all Buddhas. Do not create evil. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to not create evil.
1: The second grave precept is practicing good. Practicing good is helping all sentient beings manifest their true self. Good neither exists nor does not exist. It is simply practice. It is manifesting practice. It is not an object or a condition. Master Dogen says, the Dharma of Anyutara Samyaksambodhi is complete, unexcelled enlightenment. And when I say enlightenment, again, it is the direct personal realization of the unity of all beings alive in your specific body and mind. So it's not a code word for something that means something else. It's about you, your life. Practice good. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to practice good.
1: The third pure precept is to actualize good for others. What we are practicing is directly affecting others, way beyond what we know. It's bringing benefit to all beings as our vow and as our practice. Master Dogen said, this is to transcend the profound and be beyond the holy. Profound one side, holy on the other. It's not like that. It's all whole. This is to liberate oneself and others. Actualize good for others. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to actualize good for others.
1: So how, do, how to go about upholding the three pure precepts manifest in the ten grave precepts? How do we cease from harm? What are the particular aspects of harming within the human realm that we need to pay attention to? They're pretty obvious, mostly, and sometimes very subtle. So this is how a bodhisattva lives the pure precepts. The first grave precept is affirm life, do not kill. Life is non-killing. The seed of the Buddha grows continuously. Maintain the wisdom of the Buddha and do not kill life. This is based on the principle of non-harming. And it's recognizing that within each life is the entirety of all life. While there is the literal understanding of each precept, and this is the ground of the precept, in the Mahayana perspective, the basis of the precept and the upholding of the precept rests in compassion not the literal meaning. It might be, for example, that as a last resort, that we might have to kill to uphold the precept to save lives. That would be a beholding of the precept from the Mahayana perspective. It all rests on what our intent is. And yet, in each action, there is karma. And the karma is very different if it's grounded in compassion versus being grounded in delusion and separation and fear. So affirm life, do not kill. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to affirm life, I will not kill.
1: The second great precept is be giving, do not steal. The mind and the externals are just thus. The gate of liberation is open. Where could there, What could there possibly be to take from another? Be giving, do not steal. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to be giving, I will not steal.
1: The third grave precept is honor the body. Do not misuse sexuality. The three wheels, body, mouth, and mind, greed, anger, and delusion, are pure and clean. Nothing is desired. Go the same way as the Buddha. This precept applies to all of us, whether we're in an intimate relationship or not, whether we're old or young. How much of suffering arises from our endless desires? Yet again, from the Mahayana perspective, the desire to awaken and help others awaken is to uphold the precept. Honor the body. Do not misuse sexuality. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to honor the body. I will not misuse sexuality.
1: The fourth great precept is manifest truth, do not lie. The Dharma wheel unceasingly turns, and there is neither excess nor is there lack. Sweet dew permeates the universe. Gain the essence and realize the truth. Manifest truth, do not lie. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to manifest truth, I will not lie.
1: The fifth grave precept is to proceed clearly. Do not cloud the mind. It has never been. Do not be defiled. It is indeed the great clarity. Proceed clearly. Do not cloud the mind. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to proceed clearly. I will not cloud the mind.
1: The sixth grave precept Is see the perfection. Do not speak of others' errors and faults. In the midst of the Buddha Dharma, we are the same way, the same Dharma, the same realization, and the same practice. Do not speak of others' errors and faults. Do not destroy the way. See the perfection. Do not speak of others' errors and faults. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to see the perfection. I will not speak of others' errors and faults.
1: The seventh grave precept I will realize self and others as one. I will not elevate the self and blame others. Buddhas and ancestors realize the absolute emptiness and realize the great earth when the great body is manifested, there is neither outside nor inside. Our contribution, personally speaking, to any difficulty is ours alone. When we understand this and let the other person's contribution be theirs to that difficulty, you stay in your own seat, so to speak and you manifest this precept. You honor yourself and you honor the other person in being responsible for what you contribute to a difficulty. Realize self and others as one. Do not elevate the self and blame others. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to realize self and others as one. I will not elevate the self and blame others.
1: The eighth grave precept is to give generously. Do not be withholding. One phrase, one verse, 10,000 forms. One hundred grasses, one dharma, one realization. All Buddhas, all ancestors. Since the very beginning, there has never been withholding. Give generously. Do not be withholding. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to give generously. I will not be withholding.
1: The ninth precept is to actualize harmony. Do not be angry. It is not regressing. It is not advancing. It is not real.
0: It is not unreal.
1: There is an illuminated cloud ocean. There is an ornamented cloud ocean. Actualize harmony. Do not be angry. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to actualize harmony. I will not be angry.
1: The tenth grave precept I will experience the intimacy of things. I will not defile the three treasures. Living the Dharma with the whole body and mind is the heart of wisdom and compassion. All virtues return to the ocean of reality. You should not comment on them. Just practice them, realize them, and actualize them. Experience the intimacy of things. Do not defile the three treasures. Will you maintain this?
2: I vow to experience the intimacy of things. I will not defile the three treasures.
1: These 16 precepts, the three treasures, the three pure precepts, the ten grave precepts, have been handed down by Shakyamuni Buddha, generation after generation, to me. Now I give them to you. Will you maintain them well? I will. Will you maintain them well? I will. Will you really maintain them well? Three full bows. The Buddha's robe. Um, I don't want to, I do not wish to burn it. <laughs> this is the lineage of the ancestors. Every ancestor is written here. And at the end is Daito Roshi's name. Shugan Hoshi's name, my name, and now your name. This is a chart of the female ancestors. History is written by men. Many women have been left out of this ancestor lineage. And they are equally responsible for us to be able to receive and practice and transmit the Buddha Dharma receive, practice, and transmit the Buddha's teaching and the practice that has brought us here today. Mountains and Rivers Order, Dosh, Doshinji, Karinji. This is the Buddha's precept certificate. This is to certify that Donna Nicolino, having fulfilled the precepts training and requirements of Zen Mountain Monastery, Mountains and Rivers Order and Karingi has on this 18th day of December, 8th day of December 2019, received the 16 precepts of the Buddha Way, lineage chart, Raksu, and has be given the Dharma name Dojaku. When sentient beings receive the Sila, they enter the realm of the Buddhas, which is none other than the Great Enlightenment. Truly, they are the te- children of the Buddha. When sentient beings re- <laughs> receive the Sila, they enter the realm of the Buddhas, which is none other than the Great Enlightenment. Truly, they are the children of the Buddha. When sentient beings receive the Sila, they enter the realm of the Buddhas, which is none other than the great enlightenment. Truly, they are the children of the Buddha. Let me say a few words about your name. Dojaku. I'm sure everyone will call you Dojaku. Do means to move, motion, activity, and in this case, the emphasis is on the word dynamic. Jaku, Jaku is tranquility. Jaku Metsu is nirvana. Jaku Jo is samadhi, the state of emptiness, mu. Jaku is one of the four principles used in the tea ceremony. The principle of tranquility, peace of mind, the appreciation of nature's abundance. And it includes that here. But there's something deeper as you know. Dojaku is dynamic tranquility. So I just want to make a few closing remarks to the Sangha here about this ceremony. We live in a world that, for the most part, Seems to lack an authentic morality. Seems to lack a deep respect for each other, for this earth, and for our whole, for our own wholeness of being. In vowing to live our life, in vowing to live your life within these precepts, it is a vow to practice them to study them, to take them up as the basis of our and your conduct, your actions, and to share your vows with an open heart and a willing spirit. You have entered into the Buddha family. In a way, this is just a beginning. We practice the precepts. It's not a law. It's not, this is the way it should be. It's not a recipe. Life is not like that. You have to discern, based on compassionate action, what is appropriate within each precept, in the specifics of each moment of your life. And so, yes, this is just a beginning. Yet contain in this beginning is the whole of the Buddha's teachings, the whole of all of wisdom and compassion that we as human beings can practice and realize and manifest. May your life go well. May all beings attain Buddhahood.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find more Dharma Talks, interviews, and events at zmm.org slash media. While online, please check out the Jizo Project, our multifaceted initiative to make Zen Mountain Monastery more accessible and welcoming to all. Learn about the new Jizo House building and accessibility enhancements to existing facilities that are just two aspects to this exciting endeavor. Find out more and see how you can get involved at ZMM.org slash Jizo project. That's J I Z O P R O J E C T.